We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Now, there's so much soccer that you can't find the Sunday slate right now. You have to... You have to sort it by uh, time, yeah, or when it starts. I mean, that's it's simple once you remember what to do. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from RotoWire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, please visit RotoWire.com/soccer. Now, here are Andrew Lair. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of Rotowire.com. We're talking Major League Soccer tonight. Um, I'm joined, as always, by J.D. Bazo and Skylar Redpath. Skylar, I'm going to go right into my first question, right to you. Is Will Bruin the best player in the history of Major League Soccer? <laughs> no. I think Giovinco has that title right now. And you think uh, he's but Bruins... Bruins right behind, I assume. Bruins doing well for himself this season. We'll see if he can keep it up for the entire year, but um, I can't. I like Will Bruin. I can't give him that title though. That's definitely Giovinco's. <laughs> the you Bruin. got some Twitter love about calling Houston's win over uh, Dallas last week, which they um, JD and I were talking about it before uh, you came on. That we wouldn't have been surprised at two one or one nothing if Houston had won, but. Nobody could have seen five nothing coming, right? 
Yeah, now I'll take a little bit of credit for the for calling the win, the hunch win, but definitely did not see a 5-0 shellacking coming. I mean, that was crazy. That's uh, definitely an MLS-esque result for you. And uh, I just, yeah, I didn't see it coming. I saw Houston giving them a good game and kind of just a, a big statement game early in the season. Felt like they were in a good spot to get it done, but, man, that was crazy. I got all these updates on my phone, and I saw that it was 4 nothing at some point. And it, I did like a triple take on my phone because it was 4 nothing after 27 minutes. And I was like, well, I'm not sure what happens at this point. Um, Fabian Castillo was um, very surprisingly in the starting lineup after getting stretchered off the week before. But JD, as somebody who is not the biggest Bruin fan, is he <laughs> is he gaining on you or do you still have the kind of the same feelings about him? Will Bruin's fine. The My problem with him for fantasy purposes is if he doesn't score in the past, he was getting you nothing. Mm-hmm. Now this year, it looks like the wingers are so active and Bruin kind of has a little more freedom to roam. So it, right now he's making plays. Uh, I mean, he had two assists in the first game. If that continues, then he's probably an option, but he's still not... Uh, really getting you a ton of things other than goals. So, I mean, Will Bruin's not even the best player on his team right now. That goes to Andrew Wenger, who I, has been un- unbelievable. I was going to bring him up next. Um, do you think he's this... already? Go ahead. Well, I knew where I was going to say basically what you were going to say that he's already passed his totals from last season. And now yeah, he's... exactly. I mean, he was playing for the Union, so he, I mean, cut him a break there, but. <laughs> He looks he looks great so far. I was listening to uh, the Extra Time Radio podcast that MLS puts out, and they had him on the show, um, and they were talking about how he just they have a lot of freedom in the attack to kind of do what they want. He's crashing the box, which is kind of what he likes to do, uh, but they're organized defensively. So I don't know if it's going to keep clicking all the time like it did this past week, but uh, Houston's definitely improved my viewpoint of them through two weeks. Uh, another team that I think is much better than I think some people were expecting. I mean, we knew they were good um, is Montreal that we knew they were good, but without Drogba, we weren't quite sure how they were going to start. And I'm not even sure they need him. Um, he may play this weekend against Dallas and it almost feels like they should just keep holding him out because they've been playing so well together. Do you think JD that he makes kind of a big enough impact right away or should they keep him away <laughs> i i think you have to bring him in off the bench mm-hmm. maybe at halftime maybe i i don't know when but adoro has been really good and he's kind of a player that you have to ride his hot streak because he certainly goes through a lot of cold streaks yeah so if you just bench him after the first two games he's had uh i i don't know if you can do that that's probably not the right call but you also you can't sit Drogba on the bench in the one game you get him out of the first six. Right. <laughs> so if he wants, if Drogba wants to go, he's probably going to go. But um, I, that I think the concern is if you then start Odoro on the wing, it could ruin the the whole system they have going. Mm-hmm. That's just they're so good at passing the ball, every piece of their team except for Odoro. So then if you put him on one of the wings and Drogba up top. Uh, it it might not be as as fluid as as their passings have been lately. So that yeah, that should be something that's curious to see. Um, but and I I vote Drogba should come off the bench personally. 
Skyler, you feel the same way? I think when he's healthy, I think he's got to start. I'd see JD's point for sure about Oduro because he is a really streaky player. And it's really hard when a guy's doing so well to just, you know, give him the cold shoulder and say, well, here's Drogba. He's back. So you've scored uh, two two goals to start off the season. So take your place on the bench. So <laughs> I don't think they'll do that. I think uh, Oduro's fine. I think he'll probably start again. But I just I feel like Drogba's uh, such a difference maker that if he's available and 100% healthy that he deserves a starting uh, lineup spot in a major league soccer team. Okay. So I, I do think that they'll probably bring him off the bench this game. Though I don't think that he's going to start. But yeah, that's I, my opinion on I do feel like he should be a starter. Oh, definitely. I don't think he's anywhere close to healthy from, from the way it sounds. If he were, he probably would be playing some of these turf games. But uh, like like all old men, his knees are swelling up. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Speaking of the impact of or who they just beat, the Red Bulls have really, really struggled. Um, no goals through two, playing both Canadian teams. Is there any sort of underlying problems that you guys see, or is it just kind of a slow start and they'll figure it out? Uh, for me, the problem with the Red Bulls is they don't have like a superstar player that last year they won the supporter shield based on how well they all work together. And since everything's not really clicking right now, they're not in midseason form. I And the fact that nobody's really standing above the rest of them and putting the team on their shoulders, I just think it's going to take them a couple more weeks to really round into form. This is probably good for them. It kind of gave them a shock right out of the gate, and they'll get their act together. I'm not too worried about the Red Bulls. It's kind of weird, though. I mean, the team is basically the same without Miazga, and it's—I mean, he was a twenty-year-old kid for them. It's not like they've missed—they're missing a substantial piece that they had last year. Right. Yeah, and they actually have—I mean—more options on the wing. Really, I mean, Gonzalo Verón has yep. been in here another uh, a full off season, a full preseason. He's hurt right now, um, and Sean Wright Phillips is is here as well for a full preseason. So I, I think moving forward, they're going to be okay. But yeah, it's I think it's just kind of shaking off the rust. Maybe they didn't have the urgency in the preseason since they had kind of such an easy stroll last year through the regular season. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's a good it's a good wake-up call. I don't I mean, I see these New York City FC fans talking all kinds of trash on the Red Bulls already. <laughs> and it's like slow down a second. I mean, <laughs> There's one team here that was awesome last year and didn't change too much, and then there's another one that's throwing out the WM formation at home. <laughs> Skyler, how do you feel about the Red Bulls? <laughs> yeah. I think this game this weekend is going to – yeah, I, just, I think it's going to go a long way this weekend to, um, to see how the rest of their season is going to play out. I mean, if they lose again – uh, well, they, have they lost yet? They're, uh, they lost both. What did we do last weekend? Yeah, they lost both. So I just I think it's going to go a long way for them. I mean, they're playing at home uh, against a Houston team that just Can't destroyed Dallas. So maybe New, yeah, maybe New York's looking at this like, well, Houston just uh, destroyed Dallas, so let's destroy them and show, show everybody that we're still around. So. That's again. It's a, it could be a uh, huge win for the Red Bulls and just show you how crazy MLS is. 
Yeah, and for the record, New York is the second biggest favorite this weekend. Meaning the Red Bulls. Uh, yes, yes, the Red Bulls. New York City is actually fourth, but... <laughs> Well, let's let's talk about New York City FC since they're our first game this week, home against Orlando. The thing that jumped out at me when I saw your rankings, and Skyler, you're uh, off the hook on this one. JD, I see down here at 16th, Mix Discarude, and yet I don't see Tommy McNamara anywhere else. <laughs> is it, it, this is kind of an honest question though? Like, do you really think Discarude is a better fantasy option? I mean, you must. Uh, I kind of trust him to be more consistently involved offensively. Okay. I think McNamara um, kind of might pick up a little more of the defensive slack. Um, but it was tough. It, <laughs> it's definitely a toss-up, and I can't rank both of them. Um, I think I've told you a couple times already this year that Tommy McNamara is so much more fun when you're not relying on him in fantasy. Yes. <laughs> Because, I mean, he does have a ton of quiet games. Um, but so his mix. He just looks a lot better this year than he was. I mean, he looks much better than he was last year. And it's ironic because he's probably not going to keep a starting spot once Lampard comes back. Yeah, which is, you know, who knows when that will happen. Um, the – I don't know. I just feel like we see so much um, – so much more from McNamara I feel like Mix can get lost until he tries a spin move and then you're like oh there he is and he's obviously losing the ball at that point but um, maybe I'm just a little more bitter about that but I, I think one one thing in daily fantasy that I like about Mix is he doesn't realize that he's not better than McNamara or like some of the other guys so he's still like pretty selfish and he'll just shoot and whatever McNamara kind of knows to defer to David Villa to some <laughs> other people and Mix just doesn't really care that much he just goes out and doesn't give it to Pirlo doesn't give it to Villa he'll take shots he'll try to get involved however he can mm -hmm. yeah I was I was shocked um we are expecting Kaká back which um always helps when you have <laughs> somebody of his caliber there uh I was do you trust Kevin Molino at all? Um, it seems like his his fantasy floor is absurdly low, but he can do a lot of cool stuff. Like, what? How do you feel about Molino? Uh, Kevin Molino, I think, is going to take a while for me to trust in daily fantasy. He he's at a good price, but he's not pitching in uh, quite as consistently as I I wish. He's tracking back a lot, which is great for the team. But um, it's it's not helping him get that involved offensively. I think Kaká coming back is really going to help him. Um, it's really going to help Laren. But I'm not sure that Molina is a guy you really want to rely on um, in daily fantasy too much, unless you're pairing him with Kaká or pairing him with Laren. Mm -hmm. Do you? Is there anyone else that you would rather? I mean, would you rather Shea than Molino? Um. Yeah, I mean, if it comes down to I won an Orlando City player, Shea and uh, <laughs> Rafael Ramos are both two guys I really like on defense. Ramos has um, been and, crossing the hell out of the ball. Right, yeah. And he was, I mean, coming into the league last year, he was pretty hyped. And the, 
everyone just realized he was such a young, raw talent that it was going to take him some time. So I think both of those guys, especially uh, at New York City, they're going to get some action offensively for sure. Yeah, I was surprised to see Laren lower than I expected on pretty much everybody. Well, actually, Cam had him fourth, so that's kind of where I expected to see him given how well he's played and the fact that he's playing against New York. Um, that was one of the big, yeah, that was one of the really tough things in my rankings was deciding. There was just so many guys that I liked a little bit more than Laren, but mm-hmm. you could easily argue for him to jump up maybe five spots in my rankings. I just, I, I'd like to see them with Kaká. He's obviously very good, but I'm worried that this team could get overrun and New York City could just dominate them. Because, I mean, Kaká's not really an athletic specimen, uh, Molino's not the possession type of player that you can use on the wing to kind of take the pressure off. Mm-hmm. So I don't, and Laren's, I mean, Laren's a decent hold up guy, but I, where are they, where's Orlando city going to keep possession on the road against a team that played really well at home last week in that, uh, WM formation. <laughs> so, I mean, if Toronto couldn't solve it, I, I don't know that Orlando has the personnel to solve it because Toronto's midfield engine is is quite good. That's fair. I, that's fair. Um, Skyla, you had Laren at 8. Um, JD, you had him at 10. So did JD kind of explain the, your same thought of why Laren's not higher? Yeah, definitely. I think for me, I'll, I'm in my rankings, a lot of the guys that I ranked ahead of them, I gave a little bit of a bump just due to their cash game upside. If you're looking at the guy right in front of them, I think Zussi and then David Akam, two ahead of Laren. I uh, feel like those games, those guys provide a little bit of a higher floor as opposed to Laren where in a matchup like this, yeah, I think he's going to get his chances, but I think that's going to be about it. I don't think he does anything more than, you know, a, sprinkle full of shots maybe four or five shots and if he connects on one of them then there's his top 10 forward of the week upside but other than that i just you know guys like zussi and akam do so much more um that's kind of where my mindset on that one was but yeah i think it's going to be i mean we saw this past weekend i think it's going to be a tough game for orlando city i think new york's especially after giving up a two-goal lead i think they're going to be out for blood and I feel like they're going to get the job done. Okay. Okay. Uh, Moving to Saturday, we've got Chicago hosting the Columbus crew. The biggest ranking surprise of the season, J.D. does not have Sebastian Javinko as his top four because he's got Kai Kamara. J.D., please explain yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I would tell it everybody to go watch the the opening game of the season where new york city and chicago played and exhibited (laughs) uh probably worse defense than mls had in like the 1999 or something ridiculous um it was really bad chicago i do not trust defensively whatsoever um which is partially why i think laren kind of was a little sour for me this week because they got held to one goal Mm -hmm. um at home so i just think Columbus had a, has had a two-game losing streak to start the season. I think Kamara is going to step up in a big way and kind of carry them to victory. There's no way you can start the season with three straight losses, one of them coming to the Chicago, who is not <laughs> looked good 
they've not looked good at all defensively. I think they're another team that got a wake-up call last week. And I, I just think Kai Kamara shows up in a big way. Meanwhile, Javinko has kind of a tough matchup. So that, that was my thinking. And I think Javinko's uh, last two weeks, uh, if something went just a little differently, um, he could have had a quiet night either of those games. Mm-hmm. Not that he's bad by any means. Don't get me wrong. He's the best player in the league. Uh, you kind of have to play him most weeks. But I just think Kai Kamara has a little more upside this week. Okay. Okay. They're on different uh, daily fantasy slates, so fantasy people can have both of them this week. But, um, Skyler, you uh, not that you have Kamara way down, you have him three behind Javinko and, and David Villa. If, if fantasy people want to avoid, not necessarily avoid Kamara, but look for value elsewhere, um, is Iguain like enough? Uh, to to do that, I'm not saying to match Kamara, but uh, do you think you can kind of get Iguain and you know a lesser forward and get more out of that than Kamara and you know obviously a lesser midfielder? I mean Kamara, I think it was what 9400. I mean that's a pretty significant price on DraftKings. Yeah, absolutely. I love Iguain, especially for cash games. Um, I think he offers a little bit of a higher floor than Kamara does. And Kamara's floor isn't bad considering, you know, the amount of shots that he's able to rattle off. But it seems like Iguain, you know, he's always been a guy that I've targeted in fantasy, but it seems like even more so this season. He's crossing the ball more. He's taking more shots. And I know it's a small sample size, but just feels like he's already um, a little bit more active. And maybe it's just because Columbus has been having to play behind uh, and the two games that they've played so far. But uh, I, I like the matchup a lot. And coming at a discount compared to Kamara, then, yeah, I definitely would uh, probably opt for, for pairing Iguain with another forward instead of uh, paying up for Kamara and paying down at midfield. Um, I just I like the cash game upside that Iguain offers. Um, but that... Uh, that high high uh, ceiling that Kai offers is definitely appealing too if you can find the room for it. And you uh, are pretty high on Ethan Finley, uh, JD. Bit of a slow start for him, but you're not so concerned about that. No, it's a it's another factor. Uh, Chicago is just not great defense, um, and I expect Finley to kind of run wild off the side there. I completely agree, by the way, with Skyler that. Iguain and a, a lower price forward is probably the the better play. But when we're we're ranking people without considering price, uh, Kamara's number one. Iguain has definitely been more active this year, and I think he's going to end up elevating the whole offense if he can keep it up all season long. I don't know if he's just fresh right now, coming off a, a good preseason or what, but he does look much different. He looks like the Iguain of two or three years ago rather than last year. Yeah, really good. And that nice bicycle kick in the in the opener, which you told me not to overreact to, but I may have <laughs> I may have overreacted to it. Um, the next game is we kind of touched on a little bit. Red Bulls hosting the Dynamo. Um, Skylar, you're pretty high on Bradley Wright Phillips. Um, what? Let me re- let me start that one over because I think Verona is supposed to be 
fit, or he is fit apparently. Um, if he starts, how does that move everyone else around? Is it is it Grella who ends up going to the bench? Do they? I can't imagine they sit Lloyd Sam, but could they? Well, Lloyd do... Lloyd Sam has a little bit of a, a ankle a little, issue yeah. going on, but um, yeah, I. I'm not sure Verone's going to start. No, that would be my my guess. If he does, it probably is in place of Grella. Mm-hmm. And do you think yeah, that if makes he starts, and um, I think I think it adds a different dynamic to their attack for sure. But if he starts at 3,500, then I'm definitely looking his way. Um, as far as BWP goes and the high ranking, I just I feel like. Again, I don't like saying this, but I feel like he's due. Mm-hmm. He's a goal scorer, and this is a big game for him. Like we said earlier in the podcast, this is a huge game for New York. They've It's not a must-win at this point, but they really need three points. They really need to show everybody that there's still a team to, to be dealt with, and BWP's at the top of that, so I think he's going to have a lot of good opportunities. I don't feel like Houston's uh, invincible just because they beat Dallas 5-0. They gave up three goals to the Revs in the first game, and I feel like they've still got some vulnerabilities at the back, and BWP is just the type of guy that could exploit that. So, um, you know, when he gets going, then he gets going. He could turn a, a goal into two goals pretty quick. So he's just he's one of those goal scorers that deserves recognition. And, um, you know, it's it's hard to play a guy when he's cold, but – um, again, you know, you know the upside that he carries with him. So, I think that he's deserving of that ranking. He seems to pull that ranking, and for the complete opposite reason that Akam and Zusi are right behind him. That his he's more of a ceiling than a floor guy, um, because his floor is pretty low. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he he doesn't justify our high ranking most weeks. I mean, I think out, out of respect for how good he was uh, two years ago and even last year, uh, he gets he gets pretty high up in our rankings, even though he, he maybe shouldn't be. But I, I agree I love BWP this week. I think New York Red Bulls take care of business. Houston's a little banged up. I think Giles Barnes could be out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think too. Chaco... Yeah, Chaco Maidana could be out, and I think someone else even might have picked. Was it Bruin? Did he come off partway through the match? Uh, so, um, someone else, caught, I think, did. You said Barnes already, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think there was a third injury even, but um, that is up in the air. So that that should be interesting. I I mean, I think Houston would have had to be at their absolute best to to beat Red Bulls this weekend, and. If they're if they're losing two of their best offensive players, then that's probably not happening. Do you start Maidana if he if he starts? No way. No way. Yes. No. <laughs> wow. Definitely not. Okay. Wow. Red Bulls are. Vi- I mean, Maidana only had four crosses. Well, I guess he came off halfway through the game, but he's on the road against the most organized defensive team of the last year. Um, Dax McCarty's extremely good. Uh, Felipe Martins can help shut a guy down. So I, I think Red Bulls are going to make sure they, they clean up in the back and then they put in a couple goals up top. I don't really see them creating too much. I think Giles Barnes is the guy that unlocks the whole offense with his speed anyway. So even if Maidana plays and Barnes does not, I think that's a big knock. 
Okay. Yeah, I like Maidana to start at 5,400. I mean, you make a good point for sure that the Red Bulls are stout defensively. Um, but at 5,400, that's, uh, that's a guy that's going to be on every set piece if he goes. So, And who knows if, how many set pieces that would be, but I feel like that's at least a 10-point upside. Um, but, again, you're taking a risk with a player that just came off with a head injury, so who knows if something happens again, then, you know, you know he's going to be under a microscope. So I think Wenger is definitely on the radar, though, 4,400. Even though it's a tough matchup, I think that he's going to be a guy that they're going to have to count on to spark the attack. So um, I'm looking at another at least 10-point game from him, possibly 15, somewhere in that range. Uh, yeah, the interesting thing with Wenger is he's going against Kamar Lawrence, who's uh, probably equally as fast as he is. Kamar Lawrence is probably one of the better left backs in the league, so that that'll be a great matchup. Yeah, it's just you look at Wenger's box score; he's not just the shots and the crosses, but he's getting he's earning points through tackles one. Yeah, just about um, to say that. Which is yes, and it's just for me, it's it seems like he's a guy that's going to be. You'll see his price start creeping up towards the five thousand range pretty quick. So right now, it just feels like too good of a value to pass up. Okay. Uh, next up, we have Dallas Montreal, one team that we said, who knows what to do with Drogba and Dallas, who needs to bounce back after getting humiliated last week. Um, the how differently do you feel about Dallas JD if Drogba plays? Like, does he change your opinion of the Dallas guys at all? Specifically, I guess, I mean, you probably weren't going to go after Jesse Gonzalez anyway, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not as, as big of a fan of Jesse Gonzalez <laughs> this week. Not even in your I rankings am. this week. <laughs> <laughs> no, after, I mean. After hounding us about it last week, he, didn't, he well, dropped out completely. Well, I'm a big fan of the process, and I still think that was a good call last week. Um <laughs> This week, obviously, you have to adjust a little bit, and I, I still think Dallas is a really good team, yeah. but Montreal's been great, so um, I don't think you can trust the Dallas defense. Uh, their confidence is a little shaken. They have to play Ignacio Piotti, maybe Drogba. So, yeah, I, I don't love them in the back, but I, I still think Dallas is probably the best team in the league right now. Um, or for this season looking forward. So one one bad result doesn't really shake my confidence in them. I think last year they lost to the Rapids like 4 to nothing at one point as well. And, I mean, no one was that worried. They just kept steamrolling everybody else. So I, I wouldn't get cold on Dallas's attacking options. Maybe w- wait and see a week or two with their defense and see how it goes. That would be my suggestion. Who, um, Skyler? Who is your? Who are your top two plays out of this game? Top two plays. Got to go with Diaz and Piotti. Mm-hmm. They've just they've both been so good. Hard to ignore and Piotti especially. I'm, I can't believe he's still so cheap. What is he? Fifty. Sixty three hundred. Uh, he's sixty three hundred. Yeah. So he's he's definitely crept up. Never mind. I thought he was. It's still, still cheaper than that. It's still we. I mean, it's a hundred bucks less than Lloyd Sam, four hundred less than Giles Barnes. I mean, it seems like it's still he should be right next to Diaz, no? Yeah, he's shot up. Uh, he should he should probably be a little bit under Diaz, but he's especially without Drogba. He's 
the focal point of their attack. I mean, uh, you've got Dom Oduro up there playing up top, but Piotti's the one that's sparking him, so, and he's done it well, so it's hard to ignore him at, at 6,300 against a team that just got hammered uh, by a guy like Andrew Wenger. So it just, <laughs> you kind of, you, yeah, you kind of add that up and it just it doesn't sound right. So you immediately look to a guy like Piotti who's just been tearing up teams like the Red Bulls and uh, Vancouver in the first game. So I definitely think he's capable against Dallas. Um, I do think Dallas might come out and try to clamp down a little bit more just after what happened over the weekend. So um, I was a little hesitant with Piotti against the Red Bulls, and he proved me wrong there. So he might prove me wrong again on this one. Do you have the same too, J.D.? Pretty much, yeah. I I think if I had to pick between the two of those guys, I'd go Piotti this week. He's a little bit cheaper, and he's he's just been a force. If Fabian Castillo's not right, then Mauro Diaz kind of takes a little bit of a hit. Um, and I kind of trust Montreal's defense more at this point in the season. Um, so, yeah, I, I think if you have to pick between the two, I, I'm leaning Piotti. I realize he's on the road. Diaz is at home, but uh, yeah, just if you got if you have to pick. So, are are there actual are there is there anyone else you would take? Like let's this let's game, say Drogba sits, so you have Adoro starting again. Castillo, let's say he's a I mean he's he's definitely a little banged up. We don't know how serious it is. He still played last week, but yeah, do you do you really think there you'll get good enough value out of anyone other than Diaz or Piotti? I don't think that I really like any of the other options. Mm-hmm. I think uh, both defensive midfields are really good. I think maybe Maxi or Rudy, just he's a value forward if you need a, a third one in there or something because he's still 4,900 getting balls from Mario Diaz. If uh, Tesho plays, he's only 3,400. But I think both teams, yeah, both teams are very good in the defensive midfield. Um, maybe... Kellen Acosta is a, is a good defender because he actually plays in the midfield that I like. Mm-hmm. But both teams could really lock this one down. It could be one of the best games of the season, but it could also be pretty boring, uh, like 0-0-1-1 draw type of situation. Feel the same yeah, I'm bummed, that we don't get to, uh, I'm bummed that we don't get to watch for the starting lineups to see if Michelle's starting anymore. Hmm. So that was, like, that was my favorite... Uh, one of my favorite sneaky plays, if he happened to get the rare start, then slide Michelle in and he uh, rattles off five or six crosses and maybe scores an Olympico for a 30-point night. But <laughs> <laughs> we don't, he, I think he's playing uh, NASL now or something like that. So I hated was... that guy. He was, so, <laughs> he was such a useless MLS player because the only thing he could do is take corner kicks and free kicks. Yep. Uh, it was fantasy relevant, so and he was usually <laughs> really cheap, and nobody really knew much about him. But that was fun while it lasted. So, um, but I'm with you. I think Arudi might be one of the only other guys that I'm looking at. Yeah. Maybe Kellen Acosta too. You mentioned him as a defender who's actually playing as a midfielder. Um, he's got he's extremely talented. So if he can put it all together, then he's he's a guy that can get into the attack and score goals too. So. Hasn't really done a whole lot fantasy-wise yet, but um, if you're looking for like a cheap defender and kind of want to throw a punt out there, then Acosta is definitely worth a look. And then, yeah, Rudy's 4,900, so 
I think uh, if Dallas does have a uh, bounce back game, uh, he's one that could go off for a goal or two for sure. So I like him um, as a value forward too. Okay. Yeah, I think just like you said, JD, this game is going to go two ways. It's either going to be really good or just awful. I don't think there's going to be a middle ground there. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be really good no matter what. But it it oh, okay. could be scoreless, and and if people don't like scoreless draws, <laughs> then uh, then yeah, you might not want to watch. I don't, I don't know. It really does have potential to be the game of the year, mm-hmm. like it before playoffs. Okay, here in March. Uh, next up, Seattle and Vancouver. Seattle, are they, are they just not that good anymore? Did Obafemi Martins make? I mean, we obviously knew he was really good, but they look awful. Uh, I don't know if it's too tough opponent. I mean, not that we expected like great things out of RSL, but Skylar, do you think Seattle can figure out a way to bounce back out of whatever funk they're in? Yeah, I think so. I think they're going to bounce back. I don't know what it's going to take. Um, they've got the talented players there, and I don't think Obafemi Martins was a complete, uh, completely made their team, but he was a guy that they could count on for goals, and I don't think that they've got that right now. I don't think Dempsey's stepping up and doing that. Um, and then aside from Dempsey, then who else is going to do it? Um, Valdez doesn't really strike me as a guy that's going to be scoring a lot of goals. Even Schitz is creating a lot of stuff, but I don't know if he's going to be scoring goals. So, And then Jordan Morris has been uh, pretty quiet lately too to start the season. So I think that's where they need to start is they've got to find a way to, to score some goals. So whether that means a big Dempsey breakout game finally, then then that might be what they need. So he's on my radar this week just because of that because I think they do need somebody to – uh, have a huge game offensively to uh, to be able to break out of the funk, and he's the first guy that I look at there. So, how do you feel, JD? If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, Jordan Morris and Nelson Valdez both might be out this week. I think they both came off with injury, um, which would make Seattle's attack really uh, concerning going into the weekend. I I still trust Seattle overall. I think they have enough talent that they can manufacture goals and kind of spread them out. But it's it's going to take some time because Jordan Morris is still a really young player. You're kind of working into the offense. Nelson Valdez is not who you thought you were going to have at the top of the, the formation a month and a half ago. And also he always seems like he gets banged up during the game, which is kind of frustrating. <laughs> but um, I, I still think Valdez is a good player. Even Schitz is a good player. Dempsey's been just floating around a little too much like he sometimes tends to do. If he can uh, kind of focus and stay more central, maybe they'll even move him to the focal point of the attack. Um, then, yeah, I still trust Seattle to, to come around. They're going to have some big offensive games. They're going to have some bad ones. They're, they're just not going to be consistent, kind of like Clint Dempsey's entire career in MLS. <laughs> so who do you... So, but they're, their fullbacks are awesome, so if they yeah. can keep activating them, I think they they could be a really exciting attacking team. Joven Jones looks really Joven Jones looks really good so far. He was one of the yeah the most underrated fullbacks last season because he played for a Chicago team that nobody wanted to watch. But 
he he would just go and play offense because they were down by a couple goals and he didn't really care. So he would just kind of go up the field like lightning and just demolish opposing defenders. Uh, Stefan Fry is very questionable for this one, um, which leaves us with Tyler Miller, who isn't particularly... He's basically priced to start. Um, David Usted is at 3,100 against a Seattle team. This is on DraftKings against Seattle team that's struggling to score. Uh, do either of you feel like that's low enough to jump at, even though he's playing against Seattle? Yeah, Usted's price is really good, and had I known that Seattle could have the injury bug this week offensively, Usted would have made my rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I like that price a lot. I don't like t- Tyler Miller's price at all. <laughs> um, I One thing to note is last week Seattle played a, a pretty good defensive game, but they gave up two headers, I believe, and the one was just kind of a fluke. Alave just out-jumped yeah, just uh, out-jumped him. Right, and the other header was really nice. I don't know. I forget if somebody lost their man on it or what, but it, it was. It would have been impossible to save, I believe. It was really good. So, I mean, if they wouldn't have given up those two kind of set-piece headers or whatever, they, they would have still kept them off the board. So this should be an interesting match. Yeah, you didn't, yeah that's you kind didn't of that's why. From this game. That's what, yeah, I was going to say that's why I did rank Tyler Miller is just because I – do feel like Seattle's going to get the win, so I kind of gave him that five-point win boost. Um, so whether it's him or Fry, then I think either one of them are a good play. I'm not – I don't know. Aus has been a disappointment for me so far this season. I think he's only uh, scored two – he scored two points this past game, negative two the first game. And it was just hard to trust a goalkeeper like that. Um that's given up five goals so far already going against a Seattle team that's hungry. Um, the price is definitely attractive, but I don't know. I might stay away this weekend. Yeah, I haven't been And he's also the killer. Yeah, he's he's also the reigning goalkeeper of the year. So I think we should give him a little bit of a longer leash after just two games against two good teams. I mean, Kansas yeah. City, Kansas City and Montreal could be two of the better teams in the league, at least right now. So uh I'm really not that worried, especially if they they miss uh, Jordan Morris and Nelson Valdez, and even if they're just missing one. I mean, name Seattle's backup strikers. Darwin Jones and uh, (laughs) some guy they just signed, Oalex Anderson or something. I don't know how you pronounce that name. (laughs) O-A-L-E-X. Sounds kind of scary. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if they'd move uh, Ivan Schitz to the wing or what if if that happened. Would they just abandon the 4-3-3? Uh, I'm not positive, but it would be interesting, I guess. So is there, is there anyone on the Vancouver side that you guys like? My big yeah. question is whether to consider Pedro Morales because uh, for a long time we pretty much have thought, you know, whoever's playing Ozzy Alonso is probably going to have a bad game. He's going to shut down the opposing team's kind of attacking midfielder. But Ozzy Alonso is not the same Ozzy Alonso he was two years ago. He's uh, older. Uh, He doesn't move laterally nearly as well. But he's still really smart and pretty quick. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of still – it's up in the air whether Pedro Morales is a guy I want to play or not. But he's about the same price as Maidana, um, and I might prefer him more. 
Yeah, 5300 is pretty pretty cheap for how much he can give you. Although it's weird. Yeah, he he's went super cheap. Yeah, he went from, I think it was eight crosses in the opener to one last week. Or it was a weird, weird drop. Yeah, that's kind of where I was, what I was going to throw out. I just said that his points are just such a roller coaster. Like he, it feels like he's a good cash game play one game, but then the next game, like this past game, if he didn't score that the PK goal towards the end of the game, then he would have had a really low DraftKings output. Mm-hmm. So, especially when you're talking about, like JD said, going up against a guy like Ozzy Alonso, uh, where are some of those peripheral stats going to come from? Uh, I think a lot of those are going to go to Teixeira, and uh, Christian Bolaños is going to be back this game, returning from suspension. So both of those guys are priced around the same uh, 5,600. I think Bolaños is 5,000. And, yeah, you said uh, Morales was 5,200. So it's a tough call between those three. I think all three of those guys are fantasy relevant. I think uh, Teixeira and Bolaños might offer – Close to a similar uh, floor as Morales does, but I think Morales has a higher floor and a higher ceiling, or a higher ceiling than both of those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Jovan Jones will be lined up against Teixeira just because uh, Jones plays left back. Teixeira, I think, usually starts on the right side. So if Jones gets caught up field, that that's going to be a good spot for Teixeira. But um, I, I don't know. Pedro Morales last week played Sony Mustavar, who's probably as good of a defensive midfielder at this point in his career as Ozzy Alonso is. So that might be kind of a like-for-like matchup. I believe Mustavar made uh, Team of the Week. I think that's right. Um, all right, moving on. We've got uh, Portland hosting RSL. And, Skyler, I'm going to ask you, since you have been talking about him for more than a year now at what price is uh Jao plata not playable like he's at 5100 now and i feel like you would have it's that's such a slam dunk no matter who he plays or <laughs> is it not is it not this week since portland is usually pretty good defensively yeah it feels like portland's been uh pretty good team to target for crossing players and Plata's seen an uptick in crosses for the through the first two games um at least this past game he did because Morales was out so um I actually like him in this matchup and for 5100 um I love that he's you know playing one of the later games so he could be one of those guys that you hang on to and kind of keep him in your back pocket to uh hopefully have a nice night to uh, see you climb up the leaderboards. But as far as pricing, I think 5,100, I kind of feel like that's about where, like that's a pretty solid price for him. Uh, I feel like maybe 6,000 might be about a little bit too high um, unless the matchup's really, really good. Um, or, you know, like this past weekend with Morales being out, it gives, hot, it gives Plata a bump because he's, on a lot of the set pieces that Morales would normally be on. Um, and like we were talking about, I think the last podcast, he's taken penalty kicks for what mm-hmm. that's worth. So he's got maybe. a lot of upside. For, yeah, maybe. He's got a lot of upside for uh, 5100 though. I, I think it's a pretty nice price tag for sure. But I'd say about 6000 is where I'd start to uh, consider somebody else in that same price range. 
JD, yeah. you've got him fourth this week. I'm sorry, fifth among forwards. So you're obviously not concerned with Portland's defense. No, I mean, I think at this point I'm maybe higher on him than Skyler is. <laughs> I mean, if Javier Morales plays, I think that even boosts him. Plata is an animal. Uh, defenses can't handle him now that he's healthy this year. He has better attackers around him. Um, 6,000, I think, the way he's playing, and I don't really expect him to slow down that much in terms of quality. Maybe he's not going to get this consistent uh, goal and assist production, but, I mean, the way he's playing, I think you can make an argument that he's worth more than a lot of these uh, attackers in the high 6000 to low $7,000 range. That's, so That's where I was I, going. I, I was wondering if you would put him in the class with Akam or Adi or Laren. Those are the six to cool. 65 to 7. Yeah, I mean, I think I'd put him up there with Wando, BWP. Uh, I mean, Grella, for whatever reason, is... <laughs> priced fairly highly all the time so yeah i mean i think you have to think about him against all these higher price strikers that are goal dependent because plot is really not um i mean at times last year he was but this season i just he's doing so much more he's kind of getting close to the jovinko area of being an all-around playmaker rather than a guy that you just try to feed the ball a long ball to, mm -hmm. which is awesome. I mean, last year and the year before, they just kind of tried to feed him the long ball. So, yeah, when you said slam dunk, I think that was that was a great description. Also, it was very ironic since he's one of the shortest sure. players yeah. in the league. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, yeah, I, I love Plata. I'm not even that concerned about him going against Portland. It seems like he's the forward that you would... Uh, pair with Iguain to not play Kamara. Is that like you would do Iguain and Plata instead of Kamara and Discarude or I guess you could throw Pedro uh, Morales in. He's a little more expensive though, but Yeah, if you could fit a calm, that would be a great one to go with Iguain. So you like Yeah, if you're he's, he's a little more pricey. Yeah. You have a calm right behind Plata. Yeah, they're pretty much neck and neck. I think Akam's floor is obviously much higher, and he's just been completely roasting yeah, guys lately. Everybody. It's not, it's not, it's really not fair at all. <laughs> um, I, by the end of the season, I could see Akam being like a lock for top five in our rankings every week. It wow. just depends how Chicago comes together with the rest of their attack. Hmm. Okay. Um. I'm going to move to the next game, Galaxy home against the Earthquakes. I will give JD some credit because last week's podcast, he said, I believe the quote was simply, the Galaxy are not good. <laughs> and they went in uh, against Colorado and promptly uh, lost one nothing. We, I, I feel like we just haven't seen the Galaxy that we're used to seeing, even after that 4-1 win against uh, DC United in the opener. Um, who who shows up this week, uh, Skyler? I think LA is another team that I've targeted to have a bounce back. I feel like I've, I'm kind of banking on the home teams here, mm -hmm. but it's a, it's a Bruce Arena-led team. He's got tons of talent. Um, I feel like... LA is going to get the job done here. So I like uh, like a lot of the Galaxy options, actually. I like 
It's probably one of my uh, forward plays. I think I've got him ranked top five. Um, and then I actually like he's not ranked super high, but in the back, I actually like uh, Van Dam pretty good bit just from watching him uh, move forward on set pieces. Like he's a, a loose cannon for sure. He's going to draw, he's going to foul people. He's going to draw the yellow cards, but he's one of those guys that could easily pop in for a goal. And I think uh, from as a, for a defender, if you can get a goal out of your, your defender, then your team's sitting pretty nice. And JD, do you, uh, are you done with Mike McGee? I'm not done with Mike McGee. The shine's kind of kind of worn off after a, a week one, but we we all knew that could happen. I just thought his floor was a little bit higher if he was starting as a forward against the Colorado Rapids. Mm-hmm. But and I can't say I'm shocked. <laughs> um, I thought you were going to give me credit for saying San Jose was good and was going to I was could beat Portland. I was getting to that as well. Um, I my. <laughs> My feeling with San Jose is that they're very good at home. And I think that's all I'm willing to give them credit for. You're you're probably right. The problem with San Jose is, and uh, there was a good article this week. I'm not sure who I can attribute it to right now, saying that San Jose without Wando would be like one of the worst teams in the history of MLS <laughs> because their, cha- their chance creation over the past couple of years has solely come from crossing the ball into Wando. Into Wando, okay. Like, there's no there's no good build-up play. There's no, like, decisive, uh, like, piercing passes into the box. Not usually. It's, yeah, it's largely been giving it to Wando and Alan Gordon previously and whatnot. <laughs> I, now, I think this team has potential for a lot more, but, but as it stands, you're going to just see the wings crossing it a lot. And they're going to have a rock-solid defense because Fataya Lache came back. Anibal Godoy is probably one of the most underrated players in the league. He is so good as a defensive midfielder. Um, so I think San Jose their defensively is, is awesome, probably one of the better teams in the league, and that's partially because they focus on it. Also, Clarence Goodson was so good last week against Portland. I don't think I can say that enough. It was like a center back clinic with him and Nat Borchers <laughs> out there. But um I I like Skyler's uh, call of Yellow Van Dam. However, this is not the week for him to score a header on a set piece because there's a lot of good um tall people on San Jose to defend them. Do you think MPG makes it back in? I I don't think he makes it back in until uh he shows that he's he's better than one of these guys starting. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to keep starting until they have a bad game. I mean, they just beat the the MLS Cup champion. So I I don't see why you put MPG back in, and I also don't know where he fits. I think he probably is going to have to play on the wing. Cause in the, well, they also moved Simon Dawkins to the wing. But you have Salinas on the wing. You have uh, Quintero on the wing. Yeah, Salinas uh, didn't even start this past weekend either. Right. Uh, I'm forgetting one other person that plays on the wing. But anyway, I, I think that's where – oh, Innocent's going to end up playing on the wing as well. So if if they insist on playing a 4-4-2, I don't, MPG's probably going to play as a, as a super sub in the central midfield this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had uh, Quintero in the midfield too this week who was super cheap on DraftKings – 
didn't really produce very much, but he looked, uh, he was fun to watch and he definitely provided a spark to their attack. So, um, I, for fantasy purposes, I'd love to see MPG back out there because he's able to rack up the points through crosses pretty quick. And I don't think maybe other than, uh, Shea Salinas, I don't think, uh, any of the other guys are capable to put up as big of fantasy numbers, at least on DraftKings. So I want to see him back out there, but I don't know what the hesitation is. If, uh, like JD said, if he just doesn't fit in with the new faces that are here, or what? But um, I'll definitely, if he's in, then he's he's uh, in consideration for me. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be a big player at some point this season for sure. I I'd love to see him and Nigel Dion go at it. I I think <laughs> both of them could get easy red cards against each other. <laughs> Do you guys think there's there's ever going to be a a point in the season where you're like, yeah, this is the game I'm going with Steven Gerrard? No. No, I don't think so. And I, um, not to jump off of Gerrard real quick, but I think earlier in the pod, my I was having some technical difficulties. I might have cut out when you guys were talking about the NYC Orlando game, but um, Pirlo is actually a guy that, is started to become cash game relevant at least mm-hmm. um, with that double digit upside. I don't know if you guys touched on him at all, but he's a guy that just kind of surprised me. Um, panning through his box scores over the weekend and um, actually made it into uh, some of my lineups just based off of his crossing ability on all the set pieces, taking shots from set pieces. So it's that 10 point upside for, I think he's still around 4,800 or so. Um, a guy that's not that I, that's not that much upside for that price range, though. I'd also I mean, say yeah, but, the six tackles yeah. he was given, I think, was a very generous home <laughs> home scorekeeper. Pirlo's never had six tackles in a game <laughs> in ten years. Yeah, I watched that game this weekend. He did not have six legitimate <laughs> tackles. <laughs> they were like recoveries that the probably were tackles because the guy was within 10 yards or something. Right. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, P- Pirlo's entire fantasy score is hilarious because it's completely based on set pieces. Like every cross is a corner and every shot is a free kick. Yes. And every assist yeah. is most likely at this point off of a free kick. Yep. Granted, he he played a couple beautiful balls already this season as he is apt to do, but yeah, yeah, I, I do enjoy looking at his DraftKings score and realizing it's all from set pieces. <laughs> yeah, just that. That being said, he's a guy too that I normally would was not considering, um, but for that price, I felt like he was worth considering. Gerard's still he's a thousand dollars more. He's six thousand, and he's putting up close to what Pirlo's bringing um, for fantasy purposes. So. That's just where I'm at with him. I just I don't really consider him for six thousand. Mm-hmm. If they were the same price, I'd prefer Gerard because I think he has more responsibility in an ideal world in Los Angeles's attack. I mean, he's the only central midfielder that is. I mean, he's literally supposed to be creating everything, um, but he's not very good at it right now. But I can see a game where he just connects on a couple nice passes, takes a couple nice shots from outside the box, well-placed, 
And I I can see him having a big game. I don't know that I can see Pirlo having a, a huge DraftKings day unless he has two set-piece goals, but you can't rely on that. Gerard does he does look awful, though. I would not want him <laughs> on my MLS team. I think Maybe a GPP, G, GPP punt at best. I think the yeah. uh, highest Gerard game will be three secondary assists. Yeah, that's probably right. I don't think he's going to be the one to actually set up the goal, but he'll set up the guy who sets up the goal. Um, what about Sebastian Lepjet? Is he in this? Is he better than both of these guys? Like, do you think you'd take Lepjet before you would ever take Gerard? Uh, I actually think I probably would. Yeah, like, I you agree. don't even really want to I... take him now either. Like, it seemed like we really liked the Galaxy, and then all of a sudden now we're we don't really want anybody but Keane. You know who I love on the Galaxy? Emmanuel Boateng. That's the <laughs> fastest guy I've ever seen play soccer, I think. <laughs> he is unbelievable. I don't think he's more than like five foot two, but he is so fast. He could outrun Quincy Marquad plus Jovinko if they somehow could double their speed. <laughs> Emmanuel Boateng might win. It's a shame he's a forward because it makes him tough to play. Yeah. But if, if he ever gets a start for like a, a 60 minute shift. I I like him a lot. He he's already blown past like 10 different people. Okay. It's a good value shout. 3300. I've kept an eye on him too for sure cuz I saw him play in the preseason, saw him in some of the CONCACAF Champions League and yeah, he's he's kind of a wild card. Uh, a lot of people probably don't know much about him, but if he gets a start then 3300 that's a steal. A wild card, like a lot of those Boatangs are. Um, <laughs> there, are so, there are so there are so many Boatangs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll move on to Sunday. We've got Philadelphia hosting the Revolution. I have to talk about Andre Blake because he's been pretty impressive, mostly because of the number of saves that he's able to make. Uh, the you're not buying into the union, JD? The union or Andre Blake? Both. Uh not not really the union, but yeah, sure, Andre Blake, especially against the Revs on the road. Mm-hmm. I mean, Andre Blake could he might have the highest upside of any keeper most weeks and particularly this week. Yeah, it's a three-game but, slate and he's the second most expensive goalkeeper. Yeah, his floor is awesome, and his ceiling is is really good every week, but this week especially. Okay. So you're actually more not buying the Revs than you're buying the Union. Yeah, I think Charlie Davies might be out. Yeah. He left uh, with some hamstring tightness, and in general, the Revs are a team that I think they're usually safe to score a goal or two, but they're never really a team you expect to have a big goal explosion. Mm-hmm. Granted, I I would have said the same thing about Houston. <laughs> I was just about and, to say that. Um, and actually, the Revs in Houston both scored three against each other yes, in week they did. one. So, yeah, I mean, who knows? This game could – anything could happen, really. The Revs are a better team, but Philadelphia is coming off a big a big victory at home. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the Union, Skyler? Are you buying into Chris Pontius? Yeah, I think Pontius is – He's finally 100% healthy. Uh, I think he's going to have a lot more opportunity to attack than, than he did with D.C. 
And I mean, I think Philadelphia needs him a little bit more than DC needed him. So um, I like him a lot. I like uh, El Senior, what he's shown so far. He's uh, still pretty cheap too. Yeah. See what his price 3, is. Thirty-two hundred. Yeah, thirty-two hundred for a guy that's taking set pieces, and I just I hope his uh, minutes like he's he started out with sixty, then went up to seventy-five this past game, so he's hovered at around eight nine points, and I think he's probably a pretty safe play to get you close to that or close to ten points every game, even if he only plays seventy-five minutes. So thirty-two hundred, you can do a lot with that. Um, especially on a slate with Giovinco if you're trying to fit him in. So he's a guy that I like a lot from this game. And um, CJ Sapong's due. He's hasn't scored a goal yet, so I think he's uh, ready for – I think it's – it's. I don't know, on a three-game slate, I think he's worth a look. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll probably be looking his way for sure. Lee Wynn? Anyone? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, definitely on a three-game slate. On any slate, I consider Lee win, but especially this one. Yeah, especially in this matchup. Well, there's not My a Pontius ton of. Is... Yeah, go ahead. There's just a not ton a ton of, of midfielders. Of, yeah, it's a pretty ugly midfield slate. This three-game Sunday slate. Yeah, I think Luciano Acosta is a, a good one to watch out for. You have Schelzen Gashi. Uh, Marco Papa, if he plays. Yep, that's um, <laughs> like I was saying. It's, uh... <laughs> I mean, Pontius has to be in the conversation just because of his price. Yeah. But when when the Union are completely healthy, Pontius doesn't even really have a spot because they have Barnetta, they have Ilsenio, and they Albert should really be getting more playing time once he acclimates himself. So, I mean, Pontius will still get plenty of minutes, but... And then Skyler will argue that Latouche should still be getting minutes as well. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The old captain. I think he's been coming <laughs> on as a super sub, so when when, uh, when is he going to break out and have that? Your usage of the word super is a little... Uh, <laughs> I was waiting for something like that. Shaky. <laughs> super terrible. He's been sub. coming on as a sub. Okay, fair. <laughs> he scored... Looking at his box score here, you guys maybe made me pull his box score up. He scored seven points in thirty minutes. It's like what what does that break down to? It's a pretty solid point per minute rate right there. Twenty one. Twenty one points per ninety. That'll yeah, pay, he had that'll pay one the bills. shot on goal, one cross, <laughs> one foul drawn. What a beast. That's what he can do is <laughs> across the board. <laughs> if he adds a goal to that, boom. Yeah, pretty sure hey, that applies to Juan anybody. Aga- <laughs> how about Juan Agudelo in this game? Forty-seven hundred. If he starts over Charlie Davies, someone that's going to definitely be slept on because he doesn't get a lot of playing time. Yeah. But uh, I mean, he's still one of the more promising young forwards in the U.S. soccer talent pool. Yeah, so... he'll get his chance for sure with with Davies. Out. I don't think Davies. Davies. I saw. I watched that game. He went down and looked like he is. Yeah. It's one of those hamstrings knew right or, away. or quads or whatever yeah you knew, knew right away and it's probably gonna be several weeks at least so yeah Juan's gonna get his chance I like it I, I saw Davey said he, he thinks he's pretty good it he feels no no pain or anything and it feels strong he just okay. he you know you play long enough and you kind of know when when your hamstring did something wrong and I think right, it was more pro- push it. 
Yeah, it was precautionary, so he might play this week, but if, if he sits, I think Agadell is a really good play. Um, I, I don't know about Sapong. That's a tough one because I, I still don't know what to make of New England's defense. I think they could be very strong this season, but uh, after that opening week against Houston, who knows? Yeah. Then again, they did better than Dallas did. <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, would you say Tierney is in the top three of the fantasy options in this game? Uh, yeah. Considering I'd, price, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think so. Does that kind of say everything about this game, though, that he's a defender and is in the top three? Or is it Absolutely. just because he's that good? Yeah. yeah. No, that says everything. Yeah. And Fabinho is a, a solid look, too. Yeah. That's a lot of money tied up in defenders. Yeah, I would never pick both of them. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, next up is DC United against Colorado, which are we sure that's not going to be the worst game of the weekend? No way. Colorado's fun to watch this year. Okay. Okay. Sell me on the Rapids D- then. DC is DC's terrible. Not, to watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I mean, the Rapids almost have too many options offensively. I really think that Gashi is going to be a really good player in the league this year. Just watching him the first two weeks, he he looks like he has all the tools you need, including a really good shot. It just hasn't quite clicked yet. Mm -hmm. I think Kevin Doyle is kind of the weak spot on that team at forward. Um, I I feel like they they could do something better than that because Dylan Powers... Gashi and whoever starts on the other side, especially if it's Papa, that's a good lineup. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the Rapids, yeah, and Mikhail Williams, it, I think he's playing it right back. Yes. Maybe left back. Correct me right. if I'm wrong. Yeah. But I was going to come on the podcast and say how great he was last week. And I thought, you know, I was going to be the only person recognizing such a good performance. But he made MLS Team of the Week. Mm hmm. And he was awesome. I think he's only 21 years old, maybe. But he's definitely a player to watch that's fast. He can get forward. But he also does the work defensively. Okay. Yeah, he's only 20. Yeah, he's fun to watch. Yep. He's yeah, a value play. Another value is uh, Powers. I don't know if we've mentioned him, but he's 3,800. And he's, for, uh, again, a three-game slate where you're trying to squeeze in guys like Giovinco, then that's the type of guy that you want in your lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, he's... Hit 13 points last game against the Galaxy, and then 12 the game before that. So he's on their set pieces. He's drawing fouls, getting some shots off. I don't know yet if if it's going to be him or Gashi on PKs, but you know, last season he took PKs up until I think he missed one or two. Um, but he's got a lot of upside for 3,800. So I love that play uh, on a three-game slate. Yeah, Marco Papa's probably taking set pieces if he's in, by the way. I, I'm i not certain, but Papa's like a... That's his strongest suit is set pieces, so... Okay. And you both kind of like a spindola. Um, yeah, just... It's kind of how... What we know he can be, rather than what we've seen lately, mm-hmm. at least personally. Um, at, DC has to have something. They're at home playing a, a team that really is an upper echelon by any means. So you feel like s- someone has to get some production this game. I think it's Luciano Acosta, but it, a spindle has to be involved if he plays. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I think he's. I think it just uh, out of necessity, and we've seen it before where DC's been so desperate that a Spinella pretty much just takes it upon himself and just starts. I mean, he just looks like a man possessed out there, just doing everything he can to put the team on his back and and get a result, and that usually translates into a pretty big fantasy day. So. I don't know, coming off an injury, if, if that's what's going to happen this weekend. But on a three-game slate again, like he's a guy that there's just there's a handful of guys that when you're only pulling from three games that you know can can uh, be a game-changer, at least in some of the GPPs that are up on the board. So a spindle is one of them. If he starts, if he's not starting, then um, definitely probably not even in, in consideration. But um, the upside's there. Yeah, how about Zach McMath this game in goal? He's only 3,300 going against one of the worst offensive teams I've seen in the last couple years. I like it. It kind of is in line with uh, last week when we were playing up Blake, even though he's, I mean, obviously the crew had a better attack, but when you're playing that cheap keeper, um, frees up a lot of cash. So McMath had one save last week against the Galaxy. Right, yeah, the the high powered galaxy attack. That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, final game of the weekend: Sporting Casey hosting Toronto. We've been mentioning Jovinko all this time, uh, so this is where you play him. Is how are we uh, looking at Zutsi now? Even though Davis looks like he could break into this starting lineup. Are you guys fine with Zuzi because he's been taking all the uh, corners and crossing a ton, or do you think that takes a hit? Davis was on the bench last week, which is why we haven't really really seen it yet. Yeah, I, yeah. I think the, the thing I like about Zuzi is even if he doesn't take all the corners, he still does enough other things that you're not going to be screwed. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he's safe to, to play and see. If it happens that Davis is taking away a lot of corners, it would certainly knock him down a little bit over in the long run. But just for one game, I wouldn't worry if Davis also starts. I wouldn't be that scared okay. about playing Zussi. Yeah, I agree. I think Zussi's, um so good at just at crossing in general that whether he's on set pieces or not, I think he's going to rattle off four or five crosses just – um, from open play, so uh, I like Zusi. I think he's he's going to be fine. Uh, probably might be a little bit hesitant if Davis does start. I think he will eat into some of his set pieces, but I think that I think that Zusi will still be over enough set pieces, along with swinging in crosses from set from uh, open play, and then just being involved in in an attack in general that I think is going to have a good game. Then. Yeah, I think Zussi's a good play this this week. Is he the second best player in this game, fantasy wise? Yes, I think so. Uh, I I don't know. I kind of want to ride the Dom Dwyer train a little bit. He had eight <laughs> shots last game. He had eight shots. That's absurd. Yeah. And did Vancouver, for what it's worth, is a good defensive team. I mean, they have Kendall Waston, former Defensive Player of the Year. They have Matias Labah, probably widely considered the best defensive midfielder in the league. So, I mean, Vancouver's no slouch, and Dom Dwyer had an absurdly good game, absurdly good goal. 
Um, that was a rocket. At home. Yeah, I mean, that was a sweet goal. Any way you measure it. Um, so I, I I think I have Dwyer a little bit ahead of Zussi, but he's tougher to fit in there with Javinko. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Is Zussi will be lined up against Beta Shore. Am I correct in uh, thinking that? Zussi's playing on the the right wing. Uh, then he wouldn't. Beta Shore plays right back. He Beta Shore has be. been awesome this year. Yeah, I like Dwyer for sure too. I think he, uh, man, he's after watching him last year. It's so hard to to like him for fantasy purposes just because he's so up and down. But he had thirty four points this last game, so <laughs> I don't know. He's just that's the kind of uh, upside that he brings, and he could definitely be a, a difference maker in GPP. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, good shout there. I'd say it's up in the air for me. I think Zeusy might be a little bit safer for cash game purposes, but Dwyer's a, a really good GPP shout. Do you like McMath at 3,300 more than Irwin at 32? Yes. But you thought about it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah I like them a little bit more just because I think Colorado is better than DC <laughs> and it's, it's early in the season to say, but I just, I don't, I think, uh, Kansas city is probably going to win against Toronto. I could see Colorado pulling it out against DC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're, you're entering multiple tournament lineups, the, I would love to just enter the same lineup, except you switch McMath and Irwin and yeah. just enter them both. Mm-hmm. Cause the reason they're so cheap isn't cause they're on bad defenses or have bad matchups. Is because they're on the road. Yeah, simple. As I that. mean, well, yeah, Irwin doesn't have a good matchup, but I mean, Irwin is on a good team that could easily shut out Kansas City. I was gonna say he's so, thirty-eight, thirty-nine, four thousand if they're at home. Right, exactly. So just, I mean, flip the coin that one of them's gonna be good and just double, yeah, double your chances rather than lose all your money because you picked the wrong one. Right, right. Is there anybody other than Javinko and? Um, maybe Irwin that you would pick from Toronto? Subasa Endo's been really good. I I think he's looked great. I don't know that he's going to translate it into a good fantasy game every single week, but there's definitely some upside for him to have uh, some big games this season. Mm-hmm. Someone has to help Javinko out, and it, it certainly isn't going to be Will Johnson the way he's been playing. <laughs> uh Jonathan Osorio is not really a guy that usually steps up offensively. Marco Delgado, kind of the same. So I, I think if Javinko is going to have a partner in crime that isn't Josie Altidore, it's going to be Subasa Endo. Mm. 5300 is far from cheap, though. Yeah, it's it's expensive. The only way you do it is if you stack Toronto and just think they're going to whoop KC. Right. And then you get, get cheap plays elsewhere, mm-hmm. which there's a lot. I mean, we talked about it. It probably isn't that hard to fit Dwyer and Javinko in. So if you want to fit in Endo and Javinko, I'm sure that would be even easier. You could make a team of Mark Bloom All-Stars with Mark Bloom. <laughs> I I tried that week one, and you called me out for using not Mark Bloom. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, you can't name it after him and then go somewhere else. Uh, That's true. It. It didn't work anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's 
that's the slate. Uh, I think we pretty much covered everything. I'm very anxious to see this Javinko Kamara thing only because um, I was shocked to see just three weeks in that Javinko lost one of the top votes for uh, for forwards. So, um, guys, good luck on all of the slates. I think there are are there four slates. Is it a Friday, Friday or Friday Saturday, Saturday only, Saturday late, and Sunday? Does that make sense? I think it's just three this this week. Oh, there's no. I don't weeks. know if they're doing. Uh, yeah, I don't know. If, I think the Saturday slate starts at around four or five. Yeah, this five weekend, Eastern. So, yeah. So I think wow. I think they're just rolling it all in all into one. Oh, okay. Um, which is probably good because I think some of the contests will fill up a little bit better than they have been with that early game. So I want to see that. I want to see the contest continue to fill up and continue to grow. So I yeah. don't mind it. That just as you can comb through your Liga MX and. Or M A X A or whatever Equis M A Equis M A Equis. That's right. Yeah, tune in. Tune in tomorrow night for our Liga M A Equis podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have it if you guys will do it. But yeah, we have to brush up on our Spanish. That's right. Uh, all right, guys. Well, thank you very much, and good luck this weekend. Good luck, everybody. Good luck, guys. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.